Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here on a Thursday. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And uh, as we round out the the day, it was uh, it was great talking with Scott Howell about the uh, students from Dixie State University coming up to voice their interest, their opinion, their desires as it relates to the name of the school. Uh, not just what it means in the local community, but what does it mean more broadly? What does it mean for employment opportunities? What does it mean for faculty recruitment and so on? Uh, and that it was the young people. The young people uh, made a difference, I think, in this conversation. Uh, if you've been uh, tuning in this week, uh, we have been talking about a conversation I had uh, with uh, uh, Robert Putnam, uh, very well known, uh, wrote Bowling Alone no, almost two decades ago now, uh, that really changed the way we look at uh, our society, our isolation, our loneliness, our disconnection from each other in civil society. Uh, and had a great opportunity to uh, sit down and visit with him and his co-author, Shailen Romney-Garrett, uh, in their new book uh, that came out last fall uh, called Upswing, and how we really come together and, and move some things forward. Uh, and so we always have this uh, idea, this visual that some charismatic politician is going to waltz in uh, and save us or, or lead us or inspire us or unify us. Uh, and it just typically is not how it works. It's typically the young people that make that difference. And so uh, in their work, uh, Shaylin and Bob uh, went back to the Gilded Age, late 1800s, uh, when it was a very I, very narcissistic society, and really looked at what was it that led society towards a more we society, a we the people society, a community connection. Uh, and they found some pretty interesting things. So let me start with some of the comments from uh, Shaylin Romney-Garrett, who's just brilliant, uh, as she looks and really breaks down what we usually look for as opposed to what usually happens in these big swings in our society. You know, one thing is that I think a mistake that we often make is that we're always looking for some charismatic political leader to come and save us, you know, to lead the way forward into a brighter American future. But again, harking back to that period from which we take our lessons in the upswing, the, the progressive era, again, charismatic political leadership was a lagging indicator. We often think of Teddy Roosevelt as characterizing the progressive era. But, you know, he came along later in that story, and he really built upon the work of grassroots innovators, organizers, activists, you know, the work that they have been doing for decades. And so what I really hope that people understand is that whether or not we enter another upswing depends entirely upon what we choose to do. The last upswing was driven by citizen innovation, grassroots association building, grassroots solution making. And that's so again, that's uh, Shailen Romney Garrett. Uh, and so again, not a charismatic political leader marching in, waltzing in, leading us in, unifying us. Uh, it was uh, it was young people, and that uh, that our political leaders are usually the lagging indicator. Uh, we say that a lot around here that it's the community, it's the culture that leads. 
and the politicians ultimately follow. Uh, I want to continue on uh, with some of the comments from Shailen Romney Garrett uh, because she talked about what really fueled this big pivot in our society and, again, pointing to the fact that it was young reformers that really made the difference. And going back to your question about social capital, that moral awakening, this largely youth-driven, very, very young group of reformers, most of the progressive era reformers were 30 years old or younger when they were doing their most important work, So you had these young people who were having these sort of moral moments that were driving them to do something different in society. And largely what they did was to create new ways of bringing people together. They were in a society that was hyper-individualistic, that had changed from the sort of small-town farm life of the pre-industrial era into the big, busy, anonymous cities of the industrial era. And they realized that they literally had to invent new ways of bringing people together and particularly bringing people together across lines of difference. And so these progressives really created new ways of what they called association building. That's kind of an antiquated term today, but (laughs) association was the term they used for it. And they created vast new stores of social capital which we know from Bob's work, social capital fuels a lot of other good things in a society. And so creating these new ways of bringing together face-to-face ties was a huge part of what fueled this upswing and this turn from I to we. And then finally, I asked uh, Robert Putnam uh, for his take on where we are and what he thinks we'll see from these young people, from this kind of upswing moving forward. Shailen said earlier that when we looked back at that earlier period, we saw the importance of youth, that it was a youth, the turning in that last period, the pivot from a, a society that was moving ever more towards um, I to a society instead that was, began to move towards we. That was done by young people. And I don't have to say much more than that to call attention to the fact that the great, enormous increase in youth voting this year is a very hopeful sign for many, many, many reasons, but not least because turnout among young people was higher now than it's ever been in American history. Except- All right. So, again, that's uh, Bob Putnam uh, talking about the fact that it is the, the young people uh, may be the ones to really turn the country. Uh, both of them talked about these moments uh, in the early 1900s, this uh, moral awakening for many of the young people, that they became more uh, connected and more focused on building uh, what they called new associations, new associations. And think, think about that. That was one of the things that Tocqueville said was one of the unique elements of America was our ability to come together, to form free associations uh, around different things. And whether that was a barn raising uh, to help a neighbor, whether that was coming together uh, around uh, different uh, rights movements and so on, uh, that association is is really the the key to to that kind of upswing. And when we say upswing, it's this opportunity and this ability of the country to come together. And uh, again, as as uh, Bob Putnam said, one of the things that they learned from the last upswing uh, at the beginning of the 1900s was the importance of grassroots activity. Uh, so it wasn't top down. It was bottom up. Uh, and I think that's more relevant today than than probably ever before. Uh, this is not going to be changes in our country are not going to happen top down. I'm telling you. 
Uh, they're going to happen starting in our homes, our neighborhoods, and our communities. Uh, and that's where it's always been. And we just need to re- to remember that, uh, especially coming out of a pandemic. You know, we're, we're coming out of, of a pandemic, economic challenges, civil unrest. Uh, and granted, there are a lot of people who have kind of hunkered down in the, uh, I'm just going to look out for number one, uh, narcissistic mindset. Uh, again, very similar uh, to where the country was in the late 1800s. But that kind of approach uh, just compounds all of our problems. <laughs> uh, so we can't just look out for number one and we can't look to Washington. Uh, we have to to do what the young people did in the late 18, early 1900s. And that was to find their passion was to find new ways of bringing people together. Think about that. Uh, think about that in the context of today's connectivity and the possibilities. We are more connected uh, technologically than at any point in history. And if our young people can find new ways of bringing people together, uh, I agree uh, with Garrett and Putnam that, that young people grounded in principles will have to lead the next upswing. If we're going to get away from a, a narcissistic I society and get back to a community we society, someone's going to have to lead. And I think young Americans bringing together the country in we moments that matter, that make a difference, uh, is really where the future lies for our country. Now, us older Americans, we need to engage, cooperate, and contribute. All of us, every one of us needs to associate, connect, and find common ground so that we can find that power of we. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.